Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I am so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Now, Today's episode is one that I am especially excited for because I'm going to be speaking with the Dr. J.J. Peterson from StoryBrand. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with them, StoryBrand is a marketing company that's based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and the content that they are producing right now is second to none. So what their company's been based on is creating a seven-part framework that you can run your messaging and marketing through to communicate value to people in a way that makes them understand it quickly, and also compels them to want to hear more and eventually do business with you. Now, I've been following StoryBrand for a few years, and what they have done for me is they've actually confirmed a lot of things that I was doing intuitively before I encountered their content, but they've clarified it and fine-tuned it to where now I can understand why certain things work, why others don't, and how to push into the things that work again and again and again. So in today's episode, I'm really excited for you to get to hear this conversation with JJ. And here's how the interview is going to work. In the first 10 minutes, you are going to get a breakdown of the theory behind StoryBrand. And this is something that I could nerd out on for hours. But it's really critical that you understand the theory, at least at an overview level, to understand that this really is grounded in practices that work. Now, after that, it's going to get really practical because we jump into the seven-part framework of StoryBrand and explain in detail how you can run your marketing and messaging through this to connect with customers like Never before and compel them to do business with you. Now, before we get into this, I want to explain this seven part framework because this is how StoryBrand is built. They want you to think about your customer's experience with your company like a character in a story. And if you run your messaging, marketing, and communication through this seven part framework, it's going to resonate with them like nothing else they've ever heard. And so, before we get into the interview, here's an outline of that seven part framework. Part one. There's a character who wants something. Part two, but they've encountered a problem. Part three, they encounter a guide who understands their pain. Part four, who makes a plan. Part five, and calls the character to action. Part six, to help them avoid failure. Part seven, and achieve success. Now, I'm telling you guys, if you can run your communication through this, it will change everything. And I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with JJ. So we'll circle back at the end and talk about it. I hope you get a ton of value out of this episode because this content will work for you. Joining me from Nashville, Tennessee is the chief of teaching and facilitation at StoryBrand. I am joined by the doctor, JJ Peterson. How you doing, JJ? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you, Tim? Hey, I'm doing great. I got to say, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here and be chatting with you. Oh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I loved, uh, I got to meet you, was it about a year ago now? Yeah, it was almost or a year was ago in Seattle. Years? Yeah, a year ago in Seattle. That's where we got to meet, where you came to the workshop. And I remember talking to you about uh, what you were involved with back then and uh, just 
loved it then and, and I'm excited to continue the conversation now. Oh, well, yeah, it's my pleasure to have you. And I think that this is going to be a great conversation. Now, we're not going to get too far into your backstory, but JJ, you might be <laughs> the most interesting man in the world. I think you can replace the Dos Equis guy on the commercial. But, but I want to I explain to our audience a little bit, what is it that you do at StoryBrand specifically? Yeah, so I go in and I work specifically with big brands, little brands, people all over the map, nonprofits, for profits. And over a two day period, I help them write their story, uh, basically. And it's all kind of based in film and story theory and help them write their story that's clear and compelling, and then help them use that story on their website, emails, all that stuff so that their marketing is more effective. Well, and here's, here's the thing that I think about when you hear the word, we help companies connect with customers through the lens of story that yeah. sounds so abstract. <laughs> I mean, and, and so yeah. I want you to answer why, yeah. why is it so compelling? Why does that move people? How is that not just abstract theory? Yeah. So it's, it's really grounded in hundreds of years of practice, um, going all the way back to Aristotle and Plato who would argue that the best way to change culture, change anybody's mind is through story. Um, Kierkegaard would argue that um, in order to change people's mind, you need to tell a story. This guy named Walter Fisher even goes so far as to argue that we are, you know, we actually aren't based in logic. He even contends with Aristotle and Plato and says that where they say we are logical beings, he would say, no, we're not logical. We're actually homo narrative. We are storytellers in everything we do. And over the centuries, people have used story to help people make sense of things. And that, that again, seems very abstract. But so if I would say, you know, Tim loves his wife, right? Like I can say that as a fact and say Tim loves his wife. But if I really want to illustrate the deeper truth of what that means, I'm going to tell a story. And I'm going to use a metaphor. I might even go, you know, start out by saying Tim's wife is actually his better half. You know, and that doesn't literally mean you're her better half or she's your better half. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that there's a metaphor and a story there. So we use story to make sense of things. And there's actually a formula to it. When you use story in marketing, what you're doing is helping people make sense of the product or service that you have to offer. It's all about story as a sense making device. And it really comes down to two things is that the brain, our brains are designed to help us survive and thrive. Whenever you walk into a Starbucks, you may not know how many chairs are in that room, but you know where the exits are. You may not know what all the writing is on all the packaging when you're walking around and looking around. If, you, if your brain was tasked with processing all all this information, you're, you're going to be stuck in that Starbucks. And if a fire breaks out or if, a, if somebody comes in and is attacking people, you're going to go, oh, wait, that chair is red and that chair is blue. And, that chair, and you're kind of like thinking through all these things. Our brain is designed to filter out the information that doesn't contribute to us surviving and thriving. Well, what story does is it basically condenses all of this other information, especially in marketing, all this information about your company and about the product and service you offer, and it focuses it. It makes sense of it in a way that our brains can follow. And when you follow the formula to story, you actually help people understand and make sense of your product and your service, and you do it in such a way that people can understand it fast so that they're not burning too many calories and tune you out. 
Well, JJ, it's super clear that you have a huge understanding of this. I mean, I'm listening yeah. to you. I mean, just, you know, the fact that you say we use story to make sense of things, and then you're dropping names like Aristotle and Kierkegaard. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of revealing my hand here, but I think you've done some research in this. You just got your PhD in this subject, didn't you? I did. <laughs> yes, yes. So my PhD is in communication, and then my study was in basically the effectiveness of the story brand framework, and it's grounding in theory. So how is it actually grounded in theory and history? historical research that shows that this stuff works. You know, it's not it's not just pulled out of thin air. We're not just making stuff up. It's based on communication theory and research, but then also screenwriting. Yeah. And so the thing that I want to get across is, you know, StoryBrand has helped me articulate things I felt for years but couldn't fully express. And, yeah. and the biggest thing that I found with it is the simplicity and the clarity. And so even though so far we've been talking a little bit about theory, it's going to get radically practical in just a couple of minutes. Yes. And I'm telling you, <laughs> yeah. hang on, because like you said, if you can apply this framework, it is like a magnet. I mean, you will draw people to your brand and to your message if you apply this. And, and I just want to ask you, why today more than ever do businesses need to be so concerned with their messaging? Well, we receive over – one of the statistics says that we receive over 3,000 commercial messages a day. And I read one more recently that it's closer to five to 10,000 commercial messages a day. So we're constantly being bombarded on our phones, on the on TV, when we're walking down the street with these messages. So the companies that actually are going to win in this new kind of information age are the companies that can tell a story quickly and effectively that's directed right at their customer. And they need to do it in about three seconds, right? You need to be able to quickly be able to grab somebody in about three seconds in order to be able to make a difference. And the sad part about kind of in the, living in this type of world is that the best people and products do not often win in the marketplace right. anymore. It's the people who can tell the clearest story. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that the truth of the matter is that most companies, and I mean, this audience here, this is the hearth industry. So this is a lot yeah. of mom and pop businesses doing fireplaces. There's manufacturers, distributors as well. But I'm going to say, especially in this industry, most companies have messaging that they think makes sense but they, yeah. but it literally confuses customers. Now I'm going to put you on the spot yeah. here. You're not a fireplace yeah. guy, so JJ, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to ask you if you if you go yeah. to a company's website, and mm -hmm. on their website it says you can choose between zero clearance gas fireplaces, gas inserts, and gas logs. Which one of those are you going to pick? Probably gas inserts and gas logs. I mean, do you have any frame of reference for what those things mean? Nothing. Nothing. Mm -mm. But yet uh -uh. in our industry, we organize our websites this way. When someone comes into our showrooms, we say, are you looking for a gas insert or for a zero clearance fireplace? Because for yeah. us, and this goes back to what you guys always talk about. It's from Leela Fever, the curse of knowledge on yeah. a scale of one to 10 being a fireplace expert. We're probably a nine or a 10 and that's good yep. because we're putting yeah. fire in people's houses on purpose. Yep. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the problem is when we try to make it simple, we're bringing it down to maybe a six or a seven customers are buying at a one or a two. So yep. I'm so excited about this, but I, I think that this Cause you is, just said zero clearance, right? Like a zero, zero clearance, right? That's the word you use. That's the word I used. Which I've, and that's the thing is, I have no idea what that means. Yeah, and guess what? It's it does not put in context of my story. And it doesn't <laughs> even mean what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I'm, I'm excited to jump into this, but I, I, I do want to ask you, because you see businesses all over the country. Is it fair yeah. to say that most companies have a message that they think makes sense, but is actually confusing customers? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would say, because like, exactly like you said, so many of us are so close to our product that we know so much. And a lot of times we think that the more we can talk about it and the more information we give, the more value we're showing our customer. And in reality, what's happening is by adding all this other information and using language they don't understand, it doesn't make us look smart or more valuable. It makes them feel stupid. It makes your customer feel stupid. And when they feel stupid, they tune out and walk away. And so a lot of companies are so close and they're throwing all this inside language and great stuff on the websites and people are coming and they're feeling stupid and they're walking away. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'm convinced you guys say it all the time that clarity wins over creativity every day of the week. And I'm so excited to jump into this framework. So this is going to get really practical in a second. JJ has helped develop this seven part framework that you can walk any part of your business through. You can walk your marketing, you can walk how you're running a meeting, you can walk your sales process, all these different things through, and it will clarify what you do and people will be compelled to buy. How do you feel jumping into that? I'm in. I'm all, right. all in. <laughs> and like you said earlier, like the stuff I kind of mentioned earlier about Aristotle and Plato, you don't need to know about any of that. That's that's you just that part is there to go. This is all grounded in truth and theory and science. But this part is what changed my life. Yep. You know, I actually came to StoryBrand very very early on as a customer. I came to one of the workshops, and I had spent the last twenty years. Um, working in public relations for a couple different international nonprofits. I had taught communication at two different universities. I was involved in film and television in Hollywood. And I had done all, I'd basically been doing this stuff for 20 years. And all of a sudden I came to StoryBrand and I was like, this is so easy. I have, why have I wasted the last 20 years of my <laughs> life? You know, I wish I had this 20 years ago because it really breaks it down very simple and easy and basically to a seven step process that anybody can go through. And um, so, yeah, I'll just dive right into it. So the first part, so I'll, I'll mention the seven different parts. Every good story has first a character. That's part one. Part two, that character has a problem that is getting in the way of what they want. Step three is they encounter a guide who helps them overcome that problem. Step four, who gives them a plan. Step five, then calls them to action. Step six is that we understand what's at stake in the game through that failure could happen in the story. And step seven is, but ultimately we know and want them to end in success. So the seven steps are character, problem, guide, plan, call to action, failure, and success. And what I do is I walk through with companies those seven steps, and I help them develop those seven, basically we call them buckets, seven pieces of language around that those individual pieces of a story. So a character, we start with a character. In any good movie, you know within the first about 10 minutes of a movie what a character wants what it is that they're striving for. They might want to get the girl or they might want to get a promotion at work or they might want to find value in the eyes of their father or they need to destroy a bomb that's on a bus. You know, We know immediately what the character wants. And for in a marketing sense, we need to be very clear right up front what it is that our character wants. What are they looking for from us? 
And the key piece of this is in a good story, you can't have a character want 20 different things. Yes. Jason Bourne cannot want to find out his identity, but also get the girl, but also open an ice cream shop, but also um, want to get to Bali on vacation and adopt a cat. Like we can't, if we have (laughs) Jason Bourne want all these things, then the movie gets confusing and people tune out. And this is one of the things right off the bat that companies need to identify very, very clearly. What is it that your customer is looking for? Are they looking for a fireplace that what? What is it that they, you know, they're looking for a fireplace that is safe for their kids. Or are they looking for a fireplace that's going to reduce the heating in the house, the heating bill in the house? Are they looking for a fireplace that's going to make them stand out from the crowd? What is it that they're looking for? And we need to identify that very quickly. So instead of saying zero clearance or, you know, da 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 on your website when people open up, they need to immediately identify that what you're, t- the story you're telling on the website is their story. So we have to identify what it is the character wants. Then the next thing that has to happen is that you have to identify what is the problem that's getting in the way of the character, what they want. So um, for your customers, say they want a fireplace that is safe for their kids. Yeah. The problem is, and then you want to complete that sentence for you as a company. What is it for your customers? What's the problem that's getting in the way of them getting that? Because they could go down to maybe, I guess, Home Depot or on Amazon or something like that and just order something off of there. But what is it specifically, what problem do you solve for your customer? Do you make sure that it's installed correctly? Do you make sure that it's, it is the top line safety? Do you make sure that they're choosing the right one for the age of children and that can grow with them? What is it that you, what is the problem you actually solve? JJ, that is, that is so amazing right there because I'm sure you see this with companies everywhere, but particularly in our industry, we are so quick to brag about ourselves and not put ourselves in the customer's shoes. That the fact is that they don't want a fireplace. They want what a fireplace does for them. They want the fireplace for how it makes them feel, for the status that it gives their lives, for how it helps them survive and thrive. And I love that you guys talk about, you got to go all in on problems. And, And we hear people say that. We hear Zig Ziglar and folks say that all the time, but I've never heard it articulated the way that you guys do that if what is coming out of your mouth and what is on your website and what is in your marketing materials does not address the problems that you solve for your customers, don't say it. Yes. And that's so key. That is literally the only reason they're coming to you is to solve a problem, right? They want something. There's a problem that's getting in the way of that and you have the ability to fix it. So you want to talk about that. You want to articulate that. You want to put that into some kind of language and same like that I said with the character is your product or your service may solve 500 different problems. In fact, you probably do. You're going to actually only want to pick one primary problem that you solve. And the reason you do that is because we file companies in our brain by the problems they solve, not by the brand that they are. So for instance, if I said to you, I have a headache, you would probably offer me what? Probably Tylenol. Tylenol. And if I said, yeah, but I went to Mexican today and my stomach's a little upset, you would offer me. I'd offer you like a Tums or something. Yes. Right. So the only reasons we think of Tums is in relationship to the stomach. The only reason we think of Tylenol is in uh, is in relation to some kind of acute pain. Right. We don't think of the just Tylenol all the time. 
It's related to a problem. So when you talk about your problem of your customer, not your problem, but the problems your customer is having over and over again, you are saying, we are the people who can solve this for you. And that's really what steps into the next section of the story is positioning you as the guide in the story. And I got to say this, because this is one of the things with StoryBrand that for years I'd been saying make the customer the hero. You are not the hero. I didn't know why it worked. I just knew it was the right thing. And I heard you explain this and it, and it blew my mind because it gave me the why. Why is yeah. it so critical to never be the hero and always be the guide? Yeah, well, no, because customers are looking for a guide. They're not looking for another hero, right? So if you're talking about how great you are and all these things, they're going, hey, that's a great story. And you may, you're a wonderful person and I may be interested in getting to know you, but I need to know that you can solve my problem. So when, and in fact, here's the other kind of tricky inside thing about story is that the hero in the story, if you think of a movie, the hero is actually often the weakest character. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. They're the ones who are confused and they keep failing and they're insecure and they're overwhelmed. And the whole story is about them transforming and becoming something, right? Becoming something else. The guide in the story is the strongest character. So if you think of Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi is the guide. Luke Skywalker is the hero. Um, If you think of Hunger Games, Katniss is the hero. She's kind of up and down. And even though Hamish is a drunk, he's the solid, steady, you know, guide in the process. Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, right? The guide is the strongest character of the story. So your job as a company in your marketing is to position yourself as the guide. Now, the guide does a few things. The main thing is the guide helps overcome the problem for the customer, for the hero, right? It's showing the hero how to overcome the problem. So you need to position yourself as being able to help them overcome. And there's two ways, two things that you need to do to position yourself as the guide. The first is empathy and the second is authority. So empathy is just I understand your pain and I understand what you're going through. And authority is and I've helped others overcome the same problem. So for instance, let's say I'm looking for a trainer at a gym. I want somebody who I don't want somebody who just came out of the womb with a six pack already. (laughs) Right. I want somebody who understands like I really like eating ice cream at night. So even a gym, if, if, if a, a, a trainer comes to me, I'm, I'm interviewing some trainers and that trainer says to me, hey, I know what it's like to crave ice cream at night. I get it. All that's doing right there is giving empathy. I am like you. I understand what you're going through. And then you have to pair that with authority, Absolutely. which is – and. I get it. I've figured out ways to be able to do that in a healthy way. And I've helped other people lose weight in the process. So same kind of thing with your, with the people who are listening to this podcast. How do you position yourself with empathy and authority? So going back to the safety thing, if we are saying, uh, you know, you are looking for a safety uh, fireplace that's safe for your kids, something in that space, you, all you need to say is, hey, I get it. I have kids too, and I want them to be safe. That's it. Just a little bit of empathy. But something else, it's like, hey, I know how frustrating it can be to have these huge electric bills. Or I know how like how exciting it can be to like get something that really spices up your living room. Oh, yeah. Whatever your customer wants, all you're doing is saying, I know what that feels like. And then you drop in a little bit of authority where you just say something like, which is why we've actually helped 10,000 homes 
find a new way of doing their heating system, you know, or something, yeah. you, you're just dropping in a little bit or which is why we have a hundred percent, you know, a hundred percent money back guarantee. If you're not happy, just drop in a little bit of authority in that. And what you did there is so amazing because if you think about this systematically, if you understand that problem that your customer has, you can decide which empathy string you're going to exactly. pull, you know? So if I'm talking to JJ and he talks about how, you know, we had a gas leak in our last house, we didn't feel safe with it. And so we, we need something that's going to, that's going to help us. You know, I can say, Hey, you know, I understand what it's like to be nervous about the safety of your home. You know, we had a water main burst one time and we felt really scared about it. Yep. That being said, you know, that's why we provide in-house installation and from start to finish so that you're yes. never in the dark and that you never have to feel unsafe in your own home again. Exactly. So that's, so what you're seeing here and Tim, you've already kind of discovered this, but what we're writing here, a lot of companies come to us and they say, we want you to help us write our story. And I usually go, mm-hmm, okay, okay, <laughs> totally. And then I get there and then like the first thing I say is it's actually not your story. It's no your one customers. cares about your story. And you, no one cares about your story. They want to know that you're inviting customers into a story that they're already living. They already feel these things. They're already frustrated by the problems and you're just positioning yourself as the guide who overcomes it. So first character, what do they want? What's the problem that gets in the way? And then how do you position yourself as a guide with empathy and authority? Then the next step is a very simple step, but it's really important. It's called the plan. In so many movies, if you think about like a heist movie, like where they're going to rob the Bellagio, they sit down and go, here's the plan. Or they (laughs) say the line like, what's the plan? Well, what they're doing in that context, I actually would love to do a study of how many times either the term here's the plan or what's the plan appear in movies because I would bet (laughs) it's like 90% of movies. Because what they're doing is no matter how big the problem is or how overwhelming the process feels like, if the storytellers can give the audience a clear and easy plan to overcome the problem and win the day, we're in. We see it. It doesn't matter that the Bellagio has never been robbed before. If we were told there's a plan, we believe it. Now, in movies, plans never work. But yeah. <laughs> in marketing, what this means is you need to spell out very clearly what are the steps that somebody needs to do to take – what are the steps that people need to take to do business with you? And this can be very simple in the terms of just saying like, one, come to the showroom. Two, we'll help you pick out the fireplace that fits you. And three, we're going to install it with no hassle. One, two, three. I'm convinced that we have to do this in our industry because our product category is so unfamiliar to consumers. One of the best stories I've heard you guys tell is that the customer is standing on the edge of a river and their problem is preventing them from getting to the other side. What you do is when you say, will you buy from me without giving them a plan, you're asking them just to jump in that river and swim across. But when you start saying, well, first we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, you're laying rocks in the river so they can take the steps needed. And and to take each step is not intimidating. But here's the great thing. So uh, this is probably... Three years ago or so, we I was talking to my team about this as I'm first learning about this idea of, oh, yeah, we got to make a plan. And and we've straight up ripped you guys off. Make a plan as part of our sales process before yeah. we go on to the close. And <laughs> literally every time I teach sales, I say, make a plan, go buy building a story plan and go to the live workshop. But you got to make a plan. So yeah. I'm talking to the team and I said, okay, we're going to start making plans for customers. Let's imagine this situation. Let's imagine that a customer comes in and their fireplace is broken and they're mm-hmm. trying to decide whether they need to fix it or just buy a new one entirely. And I'm talking to a team of like seasoned sales professionals. And I said, guys, give me a three-step plan 
And I don't care which route you take, whether you go the repair route or whether you go the, the new sale route, give me a three-step plan that takes them to their solution. And the room went dead silent. And one of the people stood up and they said, well, step one is that I'm going to build trust. And I said, okay, that's great to build trust, but that's not part of the plan. Yeah. And I said, and what's, what's the first step in the plan you're going to tell the customer? And they say, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand their needs. That's great to understand the needs, but we overthought it. We didn't yeah. think, hey, step one, we're going to come out to diagnose what's wrong with your fireplace. Yeah. Step two, we're going to order the parts needed to fix it. And step three, we'll come out and get that taken care of for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to make it so simple because, again, it goes back to that survive and thrive and confusing people and overwhelming them. You just want to – so everybody in the industry, I'm sure, has steps that they already do. You just want to learn how to articulate those in a way that is very clear. And what that does is it just prevents people from feeling hesitant about moving forward. You're just saying a good guide always has a plan. I know where we're headed in this. And so um, we recommend three steps. There is a bunch of research that goes into it that talks about how – you know, once you get to five and six steps in particular, the percentage of buying really decreases because people feel overwhelmed again, and they have too many choices. So, and three represents, it's just a way our brain memorizes things. Like when there's an emergency, we dial 911. When you catch on fire, you're supposed to stop, drop and roll. That's all actually, those things are in, are, were created when people understood how our brain works, our brain works in the rule of threes. So when you give people three steps, they can memorize those easily. They also see that it's a complete plan to be able to move forward. So give your customers a plan. There you go. The next thing, um, and this is just really straightforward, but you need to call them to action. <laughs> and uh, uh, in movies, there is always a moment where the hero has been hesitant, 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 and then something happens that forces their hand where they have to act. In marketing, the thing that forces them or pushes them towards action is really your quote-unquote buy now button on your website or here's the next thing that I need you to do. Call us. Um, set up an appointment, anything like that. That's a call to action. And in the story, the call action, call to action needs to be very clear. What is it that you would want your customer to do to move towards a purchase? So like I said, it can be anything. It can be buy now, it could be order now, it could be set up a call, set up a consultation, um, any of those things. But we want, what is it clearly, clearly on your website and in your sales pitches and everything, what are they supposed to do? When we leave the option up to our customer, and because a lot of us, I mean, me included, I don't consider myself a, self a sales guy, right? Because I often like have thought, I don't want to be pushy, I yeah, don't yeah, be yeah. overwhelming, all those things. And so a lot of times you kind of present everything and then you go, well, now it's up to you. And when you do that, you're actually telling your customer subconsciously that you don't have the authority to fix their problem. You don't believe in your product. Yeah, or confidence in your product. Yeah, exactly. You don't have the ability to fix their problems. And so all you need to say is basically like, so just give me a call or call now or stop by the, stop by the um, showroom or set up an appointment where we can come out and check things out. But you need to give them a very clear and compelling call to action. And you need to repeat it throughout all of your sales material. You need to have it on your website. You need to have it probably in 10 places on your website, every page. At the end of any phone call, at the end of any email, what is it that you want them to do that is going to call them to action? And then lastly, 
you need to understand what are the stakes for your character. What's at stake in this story for your hero, for your customer? And there are two things that are at stake. You can either end this story in failure, where everything um, kind of is a disaster, or you can end it in success. Now, with failure, what you want to do is basically say, when the characters or when your customers' problems are not solved, what are the tragic results, quote unquote? What are the tragic results that they're going to experience? Are they still going to be frustrated? Are they still going to have a boring home? Are they going to lose sleep at night because they are worried about gas leaks? Are they going to trust the safety of their home to an installer that doesn't understand what they're putting in? Exactly. And so you just want to articulate those. Now, you don't want to go too heavy. You don't want to go over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to die if you don't <laughs> buy a fireplace from us. Like, you know, cause that turns people off. We, we, we don't want to pay attention. We don't want to be manipulative in this, but the reality is that if your product can solve their problem, then you want to say there's something at stake here. If you don't go with us, if you don't use this product and it just, you just want to sprinkle it in the story. It's yeah. not a lot, but you just want to sprinkle it in a little bit. And then you want to pair that with success So you want to cast a vision for what life can be like on the other side of this story. They've bought the fireplace and you want to use words like imagined, you know, so something imagine sitting around the fireplace and da, 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 you know, imagine being able to go to sleep knowing that, you know, all of those kind of things. Imagine Imagine Christmas time next year. Exactly. The stockings hanging above it. You want to say you want to cast a vision both visually on your website and in your material. And then you want to also do it with words. And you want to say the simple things, their problems are overcome. So they're not going to be frustrated. They're going to be informed. They're going to have a beautiful fireplace, all of that kind of stuff that's very simple. But then you want to cast a long-term vision of success. Imagine what life is like on the other side. And that really wraps up the story. So you're basically articulating all of those seven steps. What is it your character wants? What's the problem that's getting in the way? How are you positioning yourself as a guide with empathy and authority who gives them a plan, calls them to action, and lets them know what success and failure looks like in their story? And you want to just like for your – so we take people through this workshop and people can go to storybrand.com to find out about more about workshops. Or you can buy the book Building a Story Brand that really goes through this. But let's say you, you're not ready to kind of go all in yet. You just want to stop right now and figure out how this starts to look for you. You want to write all of those seven things down. Just kind of make a little box and put the what I said, character, problem, guide, all seven steps. Yeah. And then I want you to just create either one or two words that really go into each of those buckets one or two ideas. You can do more than that, but what I I want you to err on the side of simplicity because yeah. that's really the power of story is helping people make sense. Taking you have tons of information out there and I want you to pick one. And go down and say, what does my character want? What's the one primary thing they want? What is the primary problem that is getting in their way? And how does that make them feel? And then how do you how do we as a company position ourselves as a guide with empathy and authority to overcome that problem? What's the plan we're going to give? What's the call to action we're going to give? And then in the failure and success, just write down maybe two failures that'll happen, two bad things that will happen if they don't go through this, and then write down about four or five successes. Write down a bunch of success. Then what you're going to do is you're going to just have that basic that basic story in front of you. And anytime you're creating a website or anytime you're writing an email or anytime you're going into a sales pitch, 
this acts as a filter for you. It just is a reminder that this is the story I want to tell. And you want to make sure through the conversation, through the emails, through the website, that at some point you're hitting on all of that language. Yeah. That you're hitting on a little bit of failure, you're hitting on a little success, your call to action's clear, the plan is spelled out somewhere. At some point you've given empathy and authority, you're talking about your character's problem. That's how you apply it. It's not that this is the only language that you ever use, you don't expand it, it's that this now acts as a filter for you and you don't want to get off of that story. Yeah. And, and JJ, I mean, I, I just want to say that the way you guys articulate this sometimes I've heard you say it, that these are seven chords on a guitar. Yes. You don't always have to play all seven, but in everything you do, you have to be playing one of these and anything else is just white noise, right? Exactly. Anything else just creates confusion. People get overwhelmed and they tune you out. And it sounds, it can sound intimidating. I'm, I'm going to, we'll see if I can do this on the spot. I'm going to ad lib a little bit here, but when you put, okay, this all to, when you put this all together in one brand script, it yeah. really can make it compelling. So we'll see if I can do this. So you know, JJ, hey, we understand that you want to live in a beautiful home that makes you feel safe, but that's impossible when you got a drafty old fireplace that's sucking all the energy out of your house and it's, it's making you freezing cold. You know, we understand how hard it is to live in a home like that where you're having to wear a jacket in, in your own living room, which is why we went to work helping folks put beautiful fireplaces in their homes and making sure it's done safely. So here's how we do that. Step one is we have you come into our showroom and we'll help you find the perfect fireplace. Step two We'll come out to your house at no charge and make sure that everything we discussed in the showroom applies in your home. Step three, we're going to install that safely for you. So let's take the first step today and have you into our showroom to take a look at the fireplaces. I don't want you to trust the safety of your home to somebody that doesn't do quality work and isn't licensed to install what they're installing. I'd rather have you enjoy where you live, have the fireplace of your dreams that's safe and keeps you warm and comfortable for years to come. How's that? Well done. Yeah, so that you just did it. So that's where when people are kind of like thinking through this process of like, well, it feels really complicated and overwhelming. And it's like, no, it's actually not. When you take those buckets, those just that little pieces of language that you just created in an overall story and then plug it into a story like that. You are now inviting a customer into a story that they are already living. They're feeling all of those things. They're tired of wearing their jacket in the living room. They're tired <laughs> of feeling unsafe. They're worried if the, if the person installing it is going to be licensed and do it correctly. And you just articulated all of that in, in a real quick – basically, that could be an email. That could be a face-to-face. That could be a sales call. That could be a paragraph on your website. That's all right there. And then what you would do is just take the pieces of that, right? So you want to live in a beautiful home, and but you don't want it to be drafty or unsafe. If you put take that as kind of your initial thing of what the character wants, and the title of your website, the header on your website just says, live in a safe home that you love, right? <laughs> that Just that right there. Or even if you want to go a little bit further, because actually it doesn't quite go into the fireplace, right? So install a fireplace in your home that you will love and you'll feel safe. Just that sentence. Now, it doesn't have to be that. That's a little long. It could be shorter. But right there, what I've done is I've articulated very quickly what the character wants. And then later you said, you know, we understand how this feels, which is why we've helped, right? There's your authority. No, that was fantastic. You did that great. Well, I saw in the live workshop, I saw you do that 
on you know spur of the moment for a fake company called e-bikes and uh, i took the challenge that was really good <laughs> so jj this has been an amazing conversation i can't tell you how much i appreciate your time and you guys have so many resources i mean yeah. you know, you're the co-host of the story brand podcast which is an yep. unbelievable podcast that's going out to you know thousands and thousands of business leaders every week how else can story brand help people you've got the podcast you've got the book you've got live yep. workshops that you do every month in nashville Yep. Um, and we have online workshops. I would say if people are really interested in just getting started in this and they're, they're like, I don't really know what to do quite yet. And I, I'm not a marketer myself. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. The first thing I would say is go to five minute marketing makeover.com. And those are just three quick videos that are going to walk you through some of the principles that I've talked about. It doesn't go into all of the stuff. But it gives you some tips to get started for your website, for emails. That's 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. Or you can buy the Building a Story Brand book. Um, I would start with one of those two things. But yeah, we we just we find over and over that um, when people go through this pro- – in fact, you, know, you started this off talking about my dissertation. And I, my whole study was does this work basically like – one, is it grounded in theory? And two, does it work? And so we surveyed thousands of our customers and basically said, you just tell us, does this work? And we found over and over that it did. And my goal was to find out why. What is it? And, and you know, boiled down to kind of the framework stuff. But I was like, do small businesses succeed more or large businesses? Do people who do the online course or live course succeed more? Do nonprofits do better? If you had a background in marketing, did you do better? I even studied if you're a female or a male, do you have see more success by implementing this? And what was really surprising through the research is none of those things matter. <laughs> Basically, everybody can find success doing this, whether you are a multi-million dollar brand or you're a mom and pop store that's or one person working by yourself or you're a salesperson that just does your own thing when you implement this language and this framework you will see success and the only thing that showed whether people succeeded more or less with it was how how deep they went with the implementation so if people implemented it on their website they saw a little bit of an uptick if you did website and your lead generators, it saw more uptick. If you put it in website lead generators and emails, you saw more uptick. So everybody who implemented it saw success. The more you implemented it throughout your organization, the more success you saw. And it didn't matter if you were little, big, marketing background, education, male, female, nonprofit, for-profit, size of company, didn't matter. You just have to implement this framework. Well, JJ, and I'll tell you for me, you know, a lot of a lot of these things, I had had success before StoryBrand because some of these things I did intuitively. And, and once I started following your content, it was able to really help me grow my business more and more and more. But I'm telling you, I went to the live workshop back in August. So that was eight months ago, seven months ago. And I'm telling you, that live workshop Everybody listening needs to go. It is expensive. No way around it. But you will, I mean, you will get a 10x return on your investment if you start applying it. And I'll just tell you, for me personally, since I went through the live workshop... And we're not workshop, paying you a thing to say that either. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. But, but since I went through the live workshop, it has supercharged and fine-tuned my messaging and my communication and my presentations in a way that nothing else had. So, JJ, this has been an amazing conversation. The last question I have for you is, yeah. fun fact for our audience, which episodes of The Office can our audience go see you on? <laughs> 
Um, I was only in one episode of The Office, and uh, most of my scenes were deleted. But you can see me. It's in an episode, I think. I don't even know what season it is in. But it's a season where Dwight wins the award for Salesman of the Year, and I'm in the audience. And I'm one of the people <laughs> when he is accepting the speech, and Michael Scott goes up and gives a speech for him. Um, but I was also on West Wing, and My Name is Earl, and um, – I was. <laughs> we used to get paid to be audience members on Family Feud, so you can see me on Family <laughs> Feud. Lots of stuff like that. I used to have a lot of fun. But the biggest thing it, that I was in, not the biggest, but one of the big things I was in where you can really see me is I was um, I was a dancer in Missy Elliott's music video Chingaling. <laughs> and so you can see me competing against Missy Elliott in. Uh, Dance Dance Revolution. So those are my fun facts. <laughs> That's amazing. And that goes back to the most interesting man in the world. We'll have to touch on that in the next conversation. <laughs> yeah. JJ, thank you so much for coming on board the podcast today. We appreciate you and what you're doing. Oh, no problem. Thank you, Tim. All right. Take it easy. Well, I hope you guys got as much value out of that conversation as I did. I loved getting the chance to talk with JJ about the story brand framework. And if we rewind back a little bit, the things that we're talking about, they're not complicated. And some of them you might already be doing intuitively. But when you think about it, it just makes sense. I mean, going back to one of the things that we discussed, never be the hero. Always position yourself and your business as the guide. I mean, we all know that this is true, right? There's nothing worse than being around someone that just brags and brags and brags about themselves. It's so much better to encounter someone who understands what you're going through, but has been there before. And they're not concerned with their own success. They're concerned with showing you the way to achieve what you want. We all want to be around people like that. And I'm telling you, that's something that our industry gets wrong all the time. You know, another thing that we discussed was the idea of making a plan. This is something that's so critical, especially in our industry, because customers literally have no idea how to do business with us. I think that one of the best things to take away from this episode would be to make a plan for your customers. In any conversation that you're in, put together the steps it's going to take for their problem to get solved. And by the way, doing business with you should probably be one of those steps. Because if we audit our own consumer behavior, this is how we all operate. I mean, anytime we're going to be going into a big purchasing decision, it's scary. And it's really easy to get intimidated. When someone can come alongside you and say, well, Tim, first you're going to do this. And second is going to be this. And third is going to be this. Now, do you want to go ahead with that? It's so much easier for me to take action than when I'm just swimming in the chaos. Now, one of the last things that we discussed that is so critical is the call to action. I firmly, firmly believe that you have to ask for what you want. And, and very often, we have the best of intentions. We don't want to be pushy. We, we don't want to act like a salesperson, just like me and JJ talked about. But the truth of the matter is that if you offer something that's a service to your customer, you're obligated to call them to action. And there's nothing manipulative or deceitful about it. If they don't want to work with you, hey, that's fine. It's perfectly their right. But how dare you as the salesperson not ask the customer to make a decision for the entire reason that they've come to see you and have spent hours and hours with you and your sales team? It makes no sense. 
About a month and a half ago, I was in Dallas, Texas at Bradley Hartman's Sales Fundamentals Workshop, and it's a workshop all about selling to builders. Now, at the end of the workshop, he opened up the doors and surprised everybody with real live builders that flew into the event, and we all had to sell to them and and get feedback afterwards. What was really surprising to a lot of folks is that some of the feedback that the builders gave is that they are sick of salespeople not asking for what they want. They literally said... I don't want to waste time beating around the bush. If, if they want me to buy something, I wish that they would just ask me. If they wanted me to schedule an appointment, I wish that they would just ask me. You know, them going back and forth and hemming and hawing and calling meetings to have meetings to have meetings, it wastes everyone's time. I wish that they would just ask me for what they want. So I hope that these tools have been super practical for you. I'm telling you, I've been to their live workshop. It is extremely expensive, but it's worth every penny. I mean, their live workshop is like a two-day MBA in marketing. And I'm telling you that if you can convince your company to send you, you're going to come back and everyone's going to look at you differently because you are now able to speak in terms of the problem your company solves and not just create marketing with useless and boring information that no one cares about. So with all that said, I hope you check out their live workshop, or at least you go out and pick up a copy of Building a Story Brand. This is an amazing episode, and I'm so excited to see how you move the needle in your company's messaging. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website, itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time.